Father, we thank you again for this time of intimacy and worship. We thank you, Lord God, for walking in our midst, answering the cries of our hearts, drawing us and leading us by the hand to that secret place where we can be with you. Father, strip us, Lord God, of the pride of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of this life that we can serve you with our whole hearts and honor you with all our actions. Help us, Lord God, to build in private that, Father, you can have a public display of your glory through our lives. We thank you and we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen, amen. We'll reach your neighbor to your left and your right. coming out it's grateful and an honor to be on to stand here to minister to you all so I just wanted to um just first just thank you know for, uh, my mentors and the leadership here for this opportunity to preach and to share the gospel with um, God's people and um, you know the Lord is kind of talking to me uh, this day and was telling me um, you know that patience is is a very difficult thing to learn. But when we learn to wait on the Lord, life would start to become easy. You know, the fruit of patience is actually bitter to produce, but it's actually um, very sweet in nature. And the Lord was just telling me that we have to get to that place where we learn to wait on him and not get to the place where we keep trying to do our own thing or trying to push or force our own agenda. So just to kind of give a backdrop, um, I mean, I came, I became saved when I was 18. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember when, uh, how, how it happened. It was a Wednesday, January 28, 2009. I remember that I was, I was dating some chick at the time. And my mom was going to church and she was like, you know, um, I want you to come to service, service with me or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'll come. You know, just out of respect because she's my mom, right? So I end up going to the service, and, you know, we sat there. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm ready to leave. I want to go hang out. I want to chill. And the funny thing was that at the end of the service, there was an altar call. But the minister that who was preaching at the time, it wasn't a pastor. He was out of town. But it was a minister that was standing in his stead. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm giving an altar call, but I really feel strongly in my heart that there's a young man here. Um, you know, who was getting ready to turn his life over to drugs, you know, to sell drugs. And, and you know, the Lord is actually waiting and actually paused this whole moment just to give you an invitation. So to be a little bit transparent, there's a lot that I haven't shared. But, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm from New York. And the people that I was around, especially when I came here, I was selling drugs. I was um, smoking. So... Just to kind of, I looked at my mom, and I was like, you know, like, did she tell this man something? Like, did she go and talk to this dude? So after she was sitting there, you know, with her hands on her head, you know, crying. So, you know, I went up to the altar, and I'll never forget that moment when I went up there. I didn't, 
I remember I was standing at the bottom, and I just felt this cool breeze just blow on my face. And I was just standing there. Um, I was just standing there. And that just made me so grateful. Um, <laughs> just really, really grateful. Because, you know, a lot of times people see how we stand on this altar, but they don't know what got us here. You know, they don't see the struggle. They don't see the pain. They don't see the torment that we deal with behind the scenes. And all they do is that they see people stand on the altar here. And their attitude is, well, why, why wasn't I chosen? Why wasn't I the person who was up there? And the Lord was just kind of revealing to me that he's the one that sees those that are broken. And he's the one that exalts them. He's the one that who puts us here. Any man could come up here. You know, we all do the same. We come up here, we come to minister. You could prepare to the best of your ability. But if it's not God's hand on your life doing the work, this whole purpose is, is, flat, is flawed. So I just wanted to just give God thanks and just try to bring us to that place to understand the importance of patience. Why we need to be patient. Patient in our lives. Patient with what God is doing. And every time we, when somebody comes up here to minister, the Lord was saying for us to not really look at the vessels, to really pay attention to the content that's being released. Because he said a person that who's thirsty don't really pay attention to the vessel that brings the fresh water. They just want to drink. Same thing when it comes to eating. Nobody cares that the food is on a paper plate, but they want that hot meal. And it's the same thing that God just picks and chooses who he wants to minister and at the same time, we who are hungry, we have, the Bible says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. So if you want to be filled, get yourself to that place where you pay attention to what is being delivered versus the, the, um, the person who's delivering the message. And that goes for, you know, when it comes to, you know, Pastor Otha, Devon, anyone that stands up here. God wants us to have, to put the glory back onto him, to where we put our attention back onto him. Uh, you know, man, so... Just wanted to just share that I was just on my heart. And um, what I'm going to talk to you guys about today is why patience is important. Um, you know, patience is actually the test of life. Everything in our life has a specific time. Everything we have to, we have to wait on the Lord to do certain things in our lives. If you look at your lives, even when it comes to bearing children, when it comes to a job process, when it even comes to marriage, any process that you see, especially your calling, there's always a waiting period. There's always a period where God has to develop and cause things inside of you to die for you to actually become the person that he wants for you to be, to be in that position. That's why the Bible says God make everything beautiful in his time. So don't be hasty to do anything. Just wait on the Lord and be still. So, um, y'all good? All right, all right. So patience allows God the opportunity to step in and do his part. And it also allows God to do things in our lives that no human can do. It's when we're patient. It's only when we're impatient is when we start to lose. That's the only time in life. Whether it comes to you believing God for marriage, for healing, for a job, for business, for wealth. All these things are promises of the scripture. 
but we have to get to the place where we stop trying to produce the, the thing in our own works, in our own hands, and let God do it in his timing. Live our lives in a way that where our personal desires don't overconsume us to where we fail to yield to what God is trying to do in our lives. The Lord also revealed to me, I'm sharing these things, he dropped these things on me today before I get into the message. He told me, he said, that some battles in life sometimes have to be fought more than once to win. So some of us, you know, we battle with certain things or deal with certain things. And, w- and just because we fight certain battles over and over, it doesn't mean that we lost. It doesn't mean that we lost that round. What it, it's the same way the Bible says that a righteous man falls and gets up seven times is the same way that the enemy does the same thing. The enemy will keep trying to rise to fight against you to make you believe that what God has promised is not true. So there are some people who actually believe in God for children, for marriage, who's actually trying to serve the Lord. But you would not, you'll get, if you don't understand that all battles that we fight in life is just, a, it's just certain things, especially when you're called to do something. If you're called to be like, you see with our mother, right, with Pastor Lorana. So we know that she has that Catherine Kuhlman anointing, right? That's what God wants to reveal for healing. But we see how there's a lot of times when there's a lot of battles of, of um, sickness that try to attack her. But it doesn't mean that she failed. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have the capability is that this is where God is trying to test the hearts of men to see if patience, the fruit of patience will be developed enough so that way when God delivers it, you would be like, it was completely God. It was not in my own strength. It was God that did the work. All right, so there's two things that God was telling, revealing to me about patience. It's two definitions, right? The first one is, I think it's pronounced macrothumia. Um, these two, is macrothumia and hupeno, or hupomeno, something like that. But I just, I want to, I want to share that these two things here um, actually appear a lot in the Bible, especially like in the New Testament, where it explains, is two ways how patience is manifested in Scripture. Bless you. Yes, sir. The first one, what I said was macrothumia. It means to avoid premature use of force or retribution that arises out of improper anger or you using premature force by reacting emotionally and it means to burn for a long time to have the patience of God. So macrothumia can be defined as patience that only God can produce in our lives and it is birthed through faith. So the longer that we are able to burn while maintaining a good spirit and an attitude, the more beautiful we become to God. It's the same way like when you see what jewels that you put into the furnace, they get refined. So that, so that fire, which could be seen as patience, is that thing that actually refines you to make you more beautiful before the Lord. Patience is the fire that burns within us, as I said, to refine us into the image of God. And in order for us to actually walk in the love of God, patience has to be present. Second definition is hupomino, blah, 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 whatever. It means, to, it means to remain under the load without collapsing. To stay behind. 
or when, it's, when that term stay behind, it means to choose to remain behind what God is doing and not trying to get ahead of him by trying to force things. So, these, so this type of patience, as I was mentioning, hupomeno, is formed and produced by the trials that we go through because of our faith. Remember the scripture was talking about in um, when Jesus was talking about the parables of the seeds. And he was saying that, you know, that there's some people who receive the word and they receive it with joy. But when they get persecuted because of the word, you know, they end up falling away. And what God is trying to show us here is that the type of patience that is produced by going through the trials, that's, it's, it comes because of the seeds that are sown. So what we have to do is, number one, understand 1 Corinthians 13, 4. That love is patient, love is kind. Love is patient. It's patient. It's patient. 1 John 4, 8, 4, 7, and 8. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For, the, for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So one of the ways that we can know that our love walk with God is pleasing or not is to observe our patience level with people. You cannot truly walk in the love of God if your heart is not patient. Because the Bible says love is patient. So if love is patient, the opposite is true. Patient is love. So if, you don't, if you're not a patient person, that means that your love walk is tainted. I'm sharing with y'all the rebukes that I got. I mean, I, I, I did my crying today. I'm, I did my crying. Love is the key and the foundation to all that we believe in Christ. How many, do, how many can say we agree to that, right? In order for us to have a beautiful walk in God, patient, a patient spirit must be present. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, King James. You know, um, every time I read the first verse, right, I always see it as, you know, like somebody who, you know, everybody, we're just hanging out, just chilling. And then somebody just kick open the door. Boom. James, a son of servant of God. To the 12 tribes of disciples, greetings. I, I always just see that for some reason, like, James, a servant. Like, I'm like, brother, just calm down, brother. You don't got to be like that. But um, so verse 2, oh, let me read again. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But even though that happens, you have to let your patience have its perfect work. So that we can be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 9. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people may think. No, he is being patient for your sake. But he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, 
but he wants everyone to repent. Now, I'm going to share with you this thing that God shared with me earlier. God's patience for his children is so high that he is willing to be in pain, to be burning inside for us to get it right, even if it takes a thousand years. His love is so strong for us not to perish that a thousand years just seems like a day. That is how much the Lord loves us all and is patient with us and desires for us to not perish in any area of our lives. Remember when Pastor Oath was talking about the scripture last week, I think, when he was saying that Jacob loved Rachel so much that seven years seemed like a day? But with the Lord, his love for us is so much, a thousand years is a day. And it just shows his patience. His patience. You know, the more, to be honest, the more that I study the scripture, I just realize how much I just don't know. How much things that I thought was right, but it's not. And how producing patience is the key to life. If you don't have patience, you can't have love, which you, means you can't have faith either. Because the Bible says that faith works by love and that love is patient. So it's like a threefold cord. You need to have faith, which produces love or works by love, which love is patient. So you need to have all three in order for you to walk fully and fulfill your destiny. I'm going to share that in a minute. Proverbs 16, verse 32. Better to be patient than powerful. Better to be self-controlled than to conquer a city. Patience gives, but impatience takes. Impatience with God shows a lack of trust. Because that means we start to take matters into our own hands. And we'd rather than just trust in what God said and, and what he promised us. Patience always gives. But in being impatient, always take. That's why in Proverbs it also says that the person who is haste to try to be rich will always end up in poverty. Because you're not patient to understand the process of what God is trying to produce. So as I shared all of those, I'm doing all right. As I shared all of those, how do we increase the fruit of patience in our life? Number one. We must give up our lives to be taught by the word of God. We must make sound decisions based on the word, not on what we see or feel. Mark chapter 8, verse 35. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. So, as we can see here is that a person who is impatient, they make decisions irrationally. They make decisions out of worry, out of being anxious. And what happens is that they always end up losing. Whether they lose finances, relationships, missing out what God is saying. And sometimes impatience can cause you to start to um, hear voices, strange voices, that will start to tell you things and you will make yourself believe that it was God talking to you. 
you know, there's been some times, I remember in the times past that Pastor Arthur shared, man, I never forget these things, where he said, there's some people that, like, based on a vision or something that they heard, they said, well, this is what God said, this is what God said. But the word of God said something completely different. A lot of people who actually did that, it was because they was impatient in an area. So it opened up the door for other voices to start speaking to them. And they thought it was God, but it wasn't. Some people, like for some of us, I've been guilty of it. God gives us dreams about being wealthy, about getting money, about getting, you know, about a business, about being great in ministry, etc. God showed some people, okay, you know, you're going to be rich by trading. You're going to be rich by doing crypto, whatever it is. But what happened is just because God showed you that, that doesn't mean that it's your responsibility to bring it to pass. So what happened is that people will end up jumping into stuff. Um, with that fear of missing out versus saying, okay, Lord, you're the one that gave me this. What's the process? I'd rather just wait and you tell me the process. So that's a good, that's a good learning experience. I'm telling, speaking from experience. When God gives you dreams or visions concerning your calling or, your, or whether it's wealth, about a house or anything like that, that doesn't mean that at that moment it's for you to go and just start to start looking for stuff because what you need to do is get to the place where you start asking God, okay, you're the one that gave the vision. You need to go ahead and lead me by the hand. That would alleviate me from all stress and from being anxious and worried about missing out. You know, I'm speaking of uh, one time I remember that I had a dream about a particular, um, uh, I don't know if you guys know about it, but it was called Dogecoin, right? I had a dream about it. And God gave me the dream. And in the dream, like the token went up, like it, it shot up, like just sh- it, I'm told when I say it shot up, it was to the point where I started where I started seeing the dream that people were actually using it to purchase stuff, like clothes and you know um, food and things like that. So I was like, okay, well, you know, all right, Lord, well, you said that I'll put, you know, like what ten dollars in. So that at that time, this was what two years ago. At that time, that ten dollars ended up turning to four grand, and that that happened because. God gave me a vision, and I left it. But then there was another time where God gave me a vision about a token going up, but I didn't have the funds to do it. So what did I end up doing? I started to either work extra or, or, or trying to borrow money to invest in this thing. But then again, that's impatience because just because God gave you a vision about something, he's the one that will provide you with the funds to do it. It's not your job for you to try to bring these things to pass. The moment I put it inside of the moment I put it inside of there, it just tanked. Like I say tanked, I'm talking about like over 50% down, gone. So what God was trying to tell me is just like in that moment, you need to be patient. Just because I'm revealing and showing things to you doesn't mean that it's for right now. It doesn't alter, it doesn't mean that it's it doesn't mean that it's your job to bring it to pass either. So sometimes we see things and we think it's for right now, but sometimes God's showing us something, a span of, a span of three, four, five, six, seven, even ten years. And we got to be open to that. Does that make sense? So number two, meditate on the word and let it change your heart. Don't rush anything in your life. Could you imagine if, never mind, Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. 
that you may observe to do all that is written therein. For then you shall have, you shall make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So meditating, so the more time you spend with the word is the more that you would relinquish control of your life. It will, it will help you to be, to yield to what God is saying instead of you feeling like you're missing out or time is running out or you're behind. Jeremiah chapter 15. Everybody good? Yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm thinking, am I hot? Am I the one that's hot? Jeremiah 15 verse 15 to 16. So Jeremiah was a man who was waiting on the Lord. Then I said, this is Jeremiah speaking, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. Punish my persecutors. Please give me time. Don't let me die young. For it is for your sake that I'm suffering. When I discovered your words, I devoured them. And they were the joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. So I wanted to point out the first, the first um, of, in verse 15, where he said, Lord, you know what's happening to me. Please step in and help me. That shows that Jeremiah was patient because he didn't wait for it to be in his own strength to try to bring something to pass. He said, Lord, you know what's happening. You're the one I'm trusting to step in and help me, not my own hand. You are the one I'm waiting on, and you will punish my persecutors. So, yeah. Okay. Number three, just ask God for help. Sorry about that pause. Something God was telling me, but I'm going to wait to share it. You You don't want me to share it right now. Just ask God for help and wisdom through praying. Ask God to show you how to relinquish or let go of control in your life. James chapter 1, verse 15, I mean, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. You know what I noticed I did? I had a scripture here, but I put the same thing. I had Hebrews 14, 16. But I'm looking, I literally had it typed up as the same thing as James chapter 5, James chapter 1, verse 5. I probably just look behind. Yeah, I'll look behind. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace, to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace and help when we need it the most. Okay. All right. So. To be a little transparent. So one thing that the Lord has been really dealing dealing with me about is um, my patience with people, right? So <laughs> on Resurrection Sunday, I remember that we I was in my I was in my room with Eliana. It's my daughter. We were dancing, we were playing some worship music, we were dancing, you know, dancing with her. And mind you, it's Resurrection Sunday. We worshiping. There was a, we have a neighbor downstairs who, like, so, you know, Eliana's, what, one or two years old, right? So, well, two years old now. 
two years old now, right? Block that out, Kevin. Don't let my wife see that. I'm just playing. <laughs> so she's two years old. Um, so the neighbor who lives downstairs, what he does is, like, when she runs, she, like, runs like this. So it makes noise downstairs. So what he'll do, he'll bang on the ceiling, right, to try to, you know, say, like, be quiet, make a lot of noise. So, you know, we'll tell, okay, you know, princess, no jumping, you know, just walk, no running, because, you know, you don't want to disturb people. So I remember it was on Resurrection Sunday. You know, we, we dance and we playing, you know, dancing around. Um, she's jumping around and stuff like that. But it's, you know, early morning. And he bangs on the ceiling, boom, boom, boom. And I remember in the midst of praying, in the midst of having a good time, I'm like, So Shaniqua came and was like, Yo, somebody fell? So when she saw me, she saw me like this, like, like I was stomping. So she looked at me, she was like, and I was like, yeah, the devil got me. The devil got me. So I was sharing that to share, you know, like just being patient with people. Because just in the midst of like, that's me, you always got to be on guard, man, because... He caught me completely. I'm talking about I'm in I'm in the in the midst. We dancing, we we doing our thing, we dancing, she dancing around, I'm throwing up in the air, and here it goes. In the midst of that, I just got in the flesh in one moment. Boom, 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 boom. Another time, I was driving on now I'm I'm sharing these things because God won't be transparent. I'm driving to go pick up Shaniqua one time, and a guy, um, I cut I cut in front of a guy I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to, but I cut in front of him. He was on a motorcycle. So what he did was that he waited till, um, you know, we turned, we hit the turn lane. I got over and I rolled my window down to apologize to him, to tell him, hey, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that or whatever. So he's like, you know, you bleep, 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 blah, 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 bleep, bleep. He's like, you know, pull over to the side. Come over to the side. You know, come over here. So I'm like, bet. So I pulled over, I went over, I went over to the side. So I got out the car, right? I'm just, I'm, t- I'm being honest. So I pulled over the car, I got out the car. I'm like, yo, I didn't mean to do that or whatever the case may be. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, you know, you better, just the things that he's saying to me in that moment. Remember I was talking about just that burning, that burning to be patient for people. I'm standing there burning. I'm like, if this brother would have caught me a few years ago, there would have been some moving or some furniture up in here. He would have been thumping for talking like that. So I'm sharing, I'm sharing these things because, you know, the stuff that God reveals is thing, especially stuff that we see with Pastor Oath too, is like these are things we got to work on in our own personal life too. Oh, and I, I got to share one more, one more. So I was driving again. I was coming from a birthday party or something two weeks ago. So I'm driving, and the light changed. The person behind me honks me, like really honks me, honks me. Uh, 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 uh. I'm like, yo, the light just changed, bro. Like, could you wait? So I, so I end up, like, driving up, and he's riding my bumper. So um, what I did was... Kind of flesh. I mashed my brakes. 
and I stopped and I looked over to see where it's So now he shoots past me honking. So I pray, now I'm in a Corolla, right? So it's a little four cylinder. So I'm like, I put the pedal to the ground. That thing is screaming. But I'm not, so I'm trying to catch up to him. I pulled up next to him. I'm looking at him, looking at him, looking at him. So he, you know, he's with his wife. He didn't look at me at all. After he ends up turning over, there goes the conviction about got to be patient with people. Gotta ex- your patience is very low, Marlon. You got to work on that when it comes to people. Because, again, you don't know what they were dealing with before, you know, bef- bef- you know before that moment. So I just shared those things, not just to, you know, make, make you giggle a bit, but just to kind of just share just stuff that, you know, because I'm, I'm be real. Like, I'm the kind of person is that um, I don't do a lot of talking. And I don't like I don't like to hear people chirping all day. Like you just keep chirping, chirping, just talking, 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 talking. I'm like, okay, you're gonna do some or what? Like you know, just chirping, 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 chirping. I'm I'm being real with you. I'm, can, can I be honest? Like I'm like, if there's a problem, you know, if there's a problem, don't go somewhere else. Come to me. Talk to me and tell me what what the issue is. Let's address the issue. But you know, sometimes some people they handle things differently. Anywho. Um, I'm going to go to the dangers. I think I read Hebrews 14, 16, right? No, 4, 16. So now I'm going to go over to the dangers of lacking patience. Because now, let's say that I was, you know, that I didn't have some kind of level of understanding of the scripture in those three moments that I shared with you, right? Because God forbid that the dude who, who lived downstairs excuse me, had a bad attitude, had like a bad temper. Now, because of me acting out of impatience, I could have put my family in, in, in danger. You see what I'm saying? Where, you know, um, you know, where they act, where, you know, he probably could have came upstairs, knocked on the door. Like I put, I just, I just, all these things you think about after the fact, like what could have happened if it was a different kind of person, you know. But anyway, the dangers of lacking patience. Number one, Lacking patience can make a person forfeit their entire calling. An example of impatience is Moses. Remember the Bible says Moses was the most humble man. Didn't say he was the most patient man. Or said he was the most loving. Numbers chapter 20 verse 7 through 12. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch. Speak over the rock, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then he raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. So remember, Moses' whole entire calling and purpose was to lead the people into the promised land. But one act of impatience caused him to miss it all. One act of impatience. 
And in this scripture as well, that when he said, you know, listen, you rebels, you know, that could be seen as that's rude, right? But the Bible says love is not rude. So he wasn't operating in, in, the, in, in the love that he needed to actually perform the work that God had told him to do, which made him act out of impatience. And not only did it cause him to lose out on his destiny, it caused Aaron to lose out on his destiny as well. Aaron ended up dying before uh, Moses, didn't get into the promised land because of Moses' one act of impatience. So we got so to realize that our impatience sometimes can affect the destiny of other people around us. So we have to mind our attitude and how we act, control ourselves. That makes sense? Number two, the Israelites. Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. Now when the people saw how long it took, or it was taking Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, let us, let but make us some gods who can lead us. We do not know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So what God was revealing to me is that their impatience made them become idol worshipers. So anxiousness and being worried are both byproducts of impatience. When you don't have patience to wait for God's leading, idolatry will start knocking at the door of your heart. When I say idolatry, that means like you don't end up trusting the Lord. I mean, in this case, yeah, they built a, a golden calf. But idolatry happens when, like, for example, like with this, right? God can actually tell you to do something or reveal something to you. But instead of asking him how, you use this to try to find the answer. Instead of find, That's how these things become idols. That's impatient. So it's like you're trying to manifest something in your own strength. And that's what, and that it'll never come that way. Third person, third person is Abraham. Genesis chapter sixteen, verse one through two. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, "The Lord has prevented me from having children." So go sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed to the proposal. Of course he did. The consequence, the, the consequence of this act of impatience was this. Genesis chapter 16, verse 7 through 12. Now the angel of the Lord found her, we're talking about Hagar, by the spring of the water in the wilderness, by the spring of, on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar... Sarah's maid, where are you? Where have you come from, and where are you going? And she said, "I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarah." Sarah. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, "Return to your mistress. Submit yourself to her authority." Moreover, the angel of the Lord said to her, "I will greatly multiply your descendants, so that they will be too many to count." The angel of the Lord said further, "This is the act of impatience for waiting on God to do the promise." Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son. His name shall be Ishmael, because the Lord have given heed to your affliction. He will be a wild donkey of a man. Now, the term donkey, that means he'll be very stubborn, wildly stubborn. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. 
So I'm going to show a quick, show a brief map real quick. So those are the nations that came from um, Ishmael, right? So let me put this into perspective. There's 195 countries in the world. Those nations in the picture above there are the modern-day descendants of Ishmael. Of the top five worst terrorist countries in the world, Ishmael's descendants make up 60%, all from one act of impatience. They are always and constantly at a state of war. Those nations that are in the top five were Syria, Somalia, and Yemen. So think about this. We as a people, the world, these nations have been suffering terrorism all because of one act of impatience. They tried to force God's hand before the time. And that caused, even to this day, for us to be. Now, mind you, Ishmael's, Ishmael's descendants, only 60% um, of the top five were his descendants. But in, that was in the top five. They're also even more in the top ten of, of the worst terrorist nations in the world. So I was just sharing all those things to us is, again, we don't know the way that our life is supposed to go, Right? When we try to make things happen in our own time, it always causes problems. Always causes problems. You think about what happened with, you know, with Pastor Otha, right? When he shared the things that he suffered to get to this point. So people look at his life and say, you know, well, how did he get all this favor and all these different things? But they don't see the patience and the burning he had to deal with before, you know, before he came to this point. They don't see the pain and the suffering and the stuff like that that he had to wait on God for. All those times when, you know, um, when, when he, let's say he didn't have any funds, he wasn't able to do things for his family, things he wanted to do. But he was like, Lord, I'm doing your will. I'm going to wait. Now that, now that the patient is actually starting to produce the fruit, you know, people are not seeing the fact that he actually developed or aided in that fruit of patience. That's one of the fruits I can say he really has. Because even when it came to this ministry, you know, we, I've been here, me and my wife have been here. Some of us have been here. Before you could see anything in here, we had red chairs. It was like a movie, like a movie, movie theater here. And to see like how even from back then, he was saying, you know, the Lord is promising this. The Lord is saying this. The Lord is saying that. But I've never seen him be really hasty about what God was saying concerning the ministry. I've always seen him take one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. And now we are, you know, at this place. Another person that I can say that I see who has a lot of patience is Devon. So one thing that I've noticed is that when he, you know, I mean, I don't mean to put him on the spot, but when he, when he um, retired from his job from FedEx, I remember we, we sat down and he told me, he's like, you know, um, the Lord is calling him to, you know, spend, to, instead of how he was doing a job, to spend that time praying. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know, you're going to spend the time praying or whatever the case may be. And now, if you look at his life, the amount of time that this dude spends in prayer, people didn't see how he was just paid, just building little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. And after, what, five, six, seven years pass, now he's to a place where it's like spiritually so robust 
But that just came from what? Being patient. God told him, this is what I want you to do. But he didn't just go and jump and try to just do it all at one time. He did a little bit by little bit by little bit by little bit. Human lives are like trees. You know, um, I remember God gave me a vision one time about, I can't explain how the vision was, but it, how he was showing me like how humans are trees. And he was showing me like a woman who was pregnant, but she, like, I can't explain, but it was like, she's the tree, the umbilical cord is the branch, but the baby is the fruit. So after like, you know, nine months she give birth to the fruit, you snip it from the branch and end up growing up and be able to do the same thing. I can't really explain the vision that I saw concerning that. But I'm just saying that, that humans are like trees. When God wants for us to produce things, everybody in this room has a certain moment where something is supposed to be produced in, um, in your life. According to divine timing, the numbers are going to line up, the seasons are going to line up. But what we have to get to the place is that we have to be what? Patient. 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 We have to be patient. Because even when it came to the nation of Israel, the Lord told them, he said, um, I'm not going to make you go the short route. I'm going to make you go the long route so you can win little by little by little. Because through the patience, there's always lessons to be learned always things to be learned that's actually going to end up stripping off a layer of flesh so that way the glory of God can be shined through your lives. So one thing, I grew up in a Caribbean household. So the Lord was telling me, you know, some people that they are certain trees that they that it's going to take years for certain things to produce, but they're trying to cause it to produce now. So one example, I mean, I don't know if anybody know what soursop is. So a soursop tree, it takes three to five years for it to bear fruit once it's from once it's planted. But a mango tree is five to eight years. Now, could you imagine, like, how it looks to God when God calls has called you to do a specific thing, but when he plants you in a specific season and you're not bearing fruit, you start worrying, you start being concerned, you don't wait for that fruit to be produced. And what God was revealing to me is that when when these fruits, when there's a seed in the ground, it's working. It's working. So for us, for each and every one of us, in order for us to bear the fruit, where people will be drawn to us automatically to take what we have to offer them, which is, you know, fruit to nourish their soul, we have to learn from nature. The secret to nature is patience. If you look at everything in nature, everything is time. It takes time. Every season takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. Our whole entire ecosystem, from the way our waters get pure from salt water to fresh water, when the salmon go backwards in the water to go to fresh water, all of that takes time. It takes time. So that's why the Bible says that we can look at nature and we can learn how God is. We can look and see how a farmer, when they plant a seed, they don't go out the very next day trying to eat fruit from it. But they wait. They wait. So same thing for each and every one of us. When God calls us to do a particular calling, as we all know, we're all here to do great and mighty things. But when God calls us to do a particular thing, we got to be patient. Work on what God has called us to do in that season and just stick to it. Don't pay attention to what your finances look like. Don't pay attention to what's attacking your body. 
Don't pay attention to the thoughts that's running through your head or even the issues that you have in life. Just focus. If you have marital issue, ch- issue with your children, just keep sowing the incorruptible seed of the word. She keeps sowing the word, sowing the word, and live a life that you don't live by the things that you see. You know, it's, I know it's a lot easier said than done, but we're all guilty of it. We always try to make things happen instead of just waiting and allowing them to happen. We always try to make God move faster than he wants to move. So I'm just sharing, I'm just sharing, I'm pretty much done. But I just wanted to just share that because God has just really, it's really on God's heart for us. He just wants for us to be patient with him. Really be patient with him. You know, when it comes to everything that we're crying, like he heard us already. He heard us already. He just said, but when he comes, can he find faith? Are we going to be able to be there waiting on him? Are we going to be able to be still knowing that he's God? You know, everything that we wait for always produce good seed always produce good there's nothing that we ever waited for that god has given us that produced something negative it always it's only when we try to rush things is when it gets bad so um i just kind of want for us to take a moment that we're going to just you know stand and i wanted us to just really to just really repent to god for our impatience you know for the way that we lived our lives and the things that we have done because a lot of us have made a lot of decisions and now we have a lot of regrets in our lives that we can say, if we would have just been patient and wait for God to do it, a lot of things in our lives would be different. So I just, I know the Lord's kind of putting it on my heart is just for us to just trust that he will make things beautiful in his time and not our own. That we just need to just be patient and to repent of that, you know, to just turn our hearts from um, trying to be our own God, to relinquish control. And that's just something that's really, really, really been on my heart for us to just just get that fire back, that fire that, you know, because this church has is producing so much power, right? We have to, now we have to, that was in the first phase. Now we're in the second phase to where God is trying to produce character. In order for us to build the character. So in the first phase, we saw a bunch of people come onto the ministerial staff. We saw a lot of power working, casting out demons prophesying all those different things but in the next phase you you'll you'll see some of it but you may not see a lot because what god wants is for us to produce these fruit so that we could fulfill our debt because we could do all these miraculous things and yet we could end up in hell we saw in scripture where it said lord didn't we prophesy didn't we cast out demons didn't we heal people in your name he said you i don't even know who you are because you practice lawlessness so when you practice being impatient or you can't wait it's going to it's going to make you lose your destiny. I'm telling you. Like, it's, I just gave you some examples in scripture. So, if you all will just take a moment, let's just you know stand for a little bit, and we're going to just really just repent to the Lord for just being impatient. So, just lift your hand. Just just in your own words, just really repent to the Lord for just being impatient. Whether it was regarding your ministry, whether it was regarding marriage your destiny, your calling, a prophetic word that you received that because it didn't happen in your time, it made you doubt God to make you think God betrayed you, to make you think God didn't keep his word because it didn't happen in your time. Just repent to him for standing in his way and not allowing him to do what he wants to do in your life. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand, Father God, as a family, as a unit, to just repent of our impatience, to repent, Lord God, Father, for moving before you desired for us to move, for making decisions without consulting you first, for putting our desires, Father, above the directions that you have given us, the instructions you have given us. We ask, Lord God, that you will give us more grace. Just grace, Lord God, to just be patient. Grace to be patient, not just with others, but also with ourselves. That when we fail and we make mistakes and we come up short, that we will be able, Father, to forgive and be patient with ourselves, just as you are patient with us. No man becomes great on their own. It's only the hand of God that makes a normal man great. So, Father, we ask you now to just lay your hand afresh upon us this evening. So we can know and understand of your patience. Know and understand what your will is. Help us, Lord God, to take our eyes off of what we're going through. And what we're facing. You and you alone know those secret areas of our hearts and those areas that we're struggling with. But we ask you, Lord God, Father, in these moments to teach us your way. Teach us to be patient. Help us to hope again. Give us faith like a child that we can believe all that your word says. Believe all the prophecies that you have said. Believe all the dreams that you have given us. Help us to believe, Lord God. Help us to believe what you said. Help us to believe what you said, Lord God. For you're not keeping things away from us, Lord God, as a punishment. You're just preparing us, Lord God, for that great moment where you desire to display us all to the world. To display your glory through our lives. All good things are worth waiting for. And we thank you, Lord God, for your patience towards us, for waiting on us to get it right. Because you see our end from the beginning. You call us, Lord God, each and every one of us, you called us by name and drew us to this place to know the truth. So, Father, help us to not squander the truth, to squander our time, to waste our lives. But help us, Lord God, to seek you in all things, that our patience may be fresh and full each and every day, that your glory can shine through us. So let's just take a few seconds. Let's just pray in the spirit. God to give you patience to deal with those things talk to him now minister unto him now let him talk to you let him speak to you
Father, the grace to maintain our course and to walk in your footsteps. We receive that grace now. The grace to not create our own path because things are taking too long. We receive that grace from you now. Protect us, Lord God, from ourselves, from our own way. Help us to not just settle for good, but help us, Lord God, to be great because we trust in you. Thank you, Lord God, for your hand being upon us. again um, for just hearing me and just hearing my heart and to be honest like you know I was you know to think how I even got here is is still baffling to me to think how to be amongst you all and to be in this ministry and to be here you know just to know the things that you know one day I'm gonna just really share with you all just I'm gonna just pour it all out and just share with you all just the things that I had to deal with to get to this point with family you know with issues with school with just in every area of my of my of my life I'm just so so grateful for these opportunities that you know just for all the promises that God has just has for each and every one of us just all the dreams all the prophetic words you know just for him leading just leading me in the right place you know giving me the right family giving me the right children you know the right brothers in the faith you know sisters in the faith people I can count on you know from just being betrayed all my life and just to now have people that I can trust you know it's you know, I know some, sometimes, you know, we could take things for granted, but that's one thing I make sure I never do. I just never take these moments, never take any of you all for granted. A lot of times, you know, I know um, I might be really quiet, but a lot of times it's just that it's just still all surreal to me. Like I just can't, it's just, it's hard to believe God's goodness. Like what did we do to deserve this kind of love? what did we do to sit at God's right hand what did we do to earn sonship and daughterhood and even though we all suffer with different things in our lives and issues in our lives to think that we're still here and God has given us hope we have a hope that we're not left like those in the world where there's no hope you know they suffer these things and there's no way out they just stuck in just this rut but we have hope. We have hope and we have a promise that we'll have all the things that we desire if we can just wait on him. So I just want to just thank you all for your attention. Just wanted to, um, of course, thank all those that are online. I also don't want to take it for granted, just the opportunity if there might be any.